Welcome to the Partnernomics Show, where industry thought leaders discuss the hottest topics in partnerships, ecosystems, and innovation. The Partnernomics Show is brought to you by IOLife Solutions, a product incubator specific to Salesforce. Now here's the host of the Partnernomics Show, Mark Brigman. Welcome back to another episode of the Partnernomics Show. Good to be with you again today. We are joined by Mr. Andrew Wilson. Andrew, what's going on, buddy? Hey, not much. Thanks for having me, Mark. Happy to be here. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you for uh, for agreeing to hop on here, man. I've really enjoyed uh, what we have developed as a, a relationship over the last couple of years of working with you guys at Shipware. So Andrew is a partner development manager at Shipware, which is uh, based out of San Diego and uh, doing some really, really cool stuff in the shipping and e-commerce space that we'll dig into. But Andrew, before we kind of jump into our lineup of questions, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, what, what in the world have you done in your career so far and and what uh, landed you in a partnerships role? Yeah, I appreciate it, Mark. And, uh, you know, based over here in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and really started my career 10 years ago in sales. And, you know, from there, found my own little niche in logistics where I really picked up the passion about seven years ago. Um, you know, it's been an interesting seven years. I think the logistics space, it's easy to nerd out into once you get into it. Um, but what was really cool is about two years ago, I was actually talking with an old colleague of mine and seeing the success that they've had in their own sales career. And I was picking their brain and come to find out they, their success really drove from partnerships. Um, they were partnering with accounting firms that were sending them leads and they weren't doing any cold calling like that. I was like, well, that seems like an easy button. Let's, no let's go that direction. No cold calling. Sign me up for that. <laughs> So, uh, it, you know, I, I started, you know, connecting more with our partner team here at Shipware, working with uh, Greg Unra and, and team and just fell in love with the process. Um, you know, not only is it, yeah, we're looking to, to to gather leads and build revenue from that, but there's a lot of other strategic initiatives that can help fill in the gaps, help really create this, this hockey stick growth for the organization. And was really looking forward to being part of something like that, that could have not just an impact on my career, but also an impact on shipware. Um, and so it just aligned well. And I've been doing this now for a little over a year and we're not going to turn back anytime soon. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, do you imagine like shipping is one of those things that um, before Amazon, man, I never really thought about shipping being as big as it is, but I heard a statistic a while back that, uh, within the first three months of COVID, that you know, marketplaces and e-commerce stores sold more in the first three months of COVID than they did in the previous ten years. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really just shifted the way that people purchase. I mean, just looking at my own house, you know, Amazon guy or gal shows up at least once a day, right? Dropping something off. So, uh, shipping is just one of those things we don't don't really think too much of, but man, it is a huge, huge industry. So uh, definitely looking forward to, to having you kind of share some of your insights, but let's go ahead and kick this off and uh, fire away the first question at you. And that is, um, well, I kind of, uh, that was a great dovetail into that. How can, how would you describe, or how would you, you know, just kind of tell us of how with your company's partnership journey, what does that look like since you've been at ship you know, shipware. Has there been any shifts as to how you guys kind of go to market and, and get the revenue engine going? Yeah, you know, partnerships have always been has always been a part of shipware. And 
And, you know, in, in our perspective on our team, you know, it, it was your, it was a, a evolution, I'd say. And it's really started three years ago where they hired our, our predecessor. Um, and he really put in this methodology uh, around partnernomics and really streamlining a process and place. And um, as we all know, in partnerships, it's not um, a flip of, flick of the light and all of a sudden everything's fixed. It's an ongoing process there. And so um, slowly saw, started seeing it evolve, starting with partner pairings. You know, um, as an account executive, I was paired with multiple partners where we just, we work on, on those uh, programs, build those relationships just to um, really help each other out in growing our own book of business and driving revenue and, and closing deals. Um, but, you know, as the as the company has grown and what we've seen in the industry is it's been an extreme challenge on our BDR team and direct sales team to really focus on getting um, some direct leads going their way. Um, you know, as you know, you might send out 100 emails, 100 phone calls, and you'll get one meeting set from that. And so there has to be a, a better way and more alignment there. And so we found that looking at the gaps in our services, um, we were able to then position our partner there to then not only complement what we're doing there, but really be an advocate for the shippers. And that's really where our foundation, our ethos is here at Shipware is to be advocates for shipware. So if we don't have the, the service and the offering there, we want to find that gap and that solution for the partner. And then of course, create mutual beneficial arrangements there that both companies are able to, to grow and prosper with that relationship. Well, Andrew, I'm going to ask you to back up a little bit. And that is like, so Shipware is a company, I mean, shipping has so many different kind of facets and specialties and little niche plays in it. Uh, the 30,000 foot view, I mean, what, what spaces does Shipware play in? So Shipware at our core, we're really focused on uh, parcel business, so high volume parcel shippers and third-party fulfillment shippers. Um, that's our core business. Um, and so working with companies that um, are, you know, like the the Macy's, the Nikes of the world that are doing a lot of volume outbound and inbound to their facilities. The challenge that we, we've always found is with UPS and FedEx and these other carriers is that, that you know, rates are extremely high and they have control of the market. Um, and so where our job is, is to help them reduce spend and really manage the risk and improve relationships with those carriers. Um, but we also know there's a lot of other components that are part of that, whether you want to have a good post-purchase experience, you know, um, you know, no one likes, you know, calling up a company saying, where's my order at? And so putting some process in place there to help complement those services, um, palletized freight, LTL and truckload. That's another area that we personally don't touch, but we have a partner that fills in that gap that we send those opportunities to that then we can then couple in with the other services on the parcel side. So, um, yeah, we focus on parcel and third-party fulfillment um, as our core, but it really expands to every piece of the shipping, whether it's the first mile all the way to the last mile um, and the post-purchase experience to, you know, just really having visibility into what that looks like and partners really fill in a lot of those gaps. Yeah, awesome. Um, Matt, I'm going to ask you to expand on something that you hit on, and that is role-based partner pairing or the partner pairings that you guys do. Um, that's, that's not very common. So I'm going to ask mm -hmm. you to describe, you know, what that means and how it, how, how it helps you guys and, and who, who is a good fit for an arrangement like that? Yeah. And, and to actually start in the last question, kind of, cause that's where the journey starts with partner pairing is partner pairing really works well for smaller organizations because it is, 
as you know, as partner professionals, it's hard to manage a partner sometimes and really to, to work on developing those partnerships when you have a number of fires that you're trying to work and put out. Um, and what's really great about partner pairing is it gives the account executives at your organization a chance to pair with the account executive at your partner's organization. That builds a one-on-one -on -one relationship that then you can have uh, weekly, monthly, quarterly cadence calls to understand what's going on your business, what's going on in our business, um, what's your pipeline look like, what challenges are you having? Do you have anything that's close to the finish line that we could fill in with our services to help you close that? Things of that nature is really, really nice that we found partner pairing to help kind of create that hockey stick growth um, and move the needle when, when you're looking to close deals or even just extract leads from uh, from your partners there. And so um, it works well. It's not one of those things that maybe is great for some of those larger organizations and more mature partner programs, but you know, you're starting out in partners, partnerships, you want to really make a quick impact, find those opportunities, create one-on-one -on -one relationships with the partner AEs and your AEs. And I'm confident once you get those calls going and you give them direction and goals and alignment, you'll see some, some really strong growth in that area. And so whenever we, you know, we have our, our partners, uh, it's, you know, obviously very commonplace to have partnering professional to partnering professional and you're paired together, right? That's kind of what partnering is, but uh, with your organizations and others that, that do this partner pairing approach is to put additional tentacles into the organization and go, um, account exec to account exec, uh, you could go SDR to SDR, you can do some other pairings across the organization. And uh, it just develops a stronger relationship, better communications, more fluid communications. And of course, you're not going to do that with all of your partners, you do it with a mm -hmm. subset and truly those that you see as being strategic, um, that you can really make some, you know, make some great strides with but it can certainly be a, a powerful approach. Very powerful approach. You're exactly right. And, you know, again, when we started, I'd say restart the partner program three years ago here at Shipware, that was the first thing that um, our, our, our direct VP did is they implemented that program. And um, from there, it was able to mature. And now we have a little bit of both. We have some partner pairings on one side, but then, you know, myself and my colleague then manage more of the, the the strategic larger overall uh overlining partner relationships to help drive you know things forward there awesome all right man let me fire another question at you what are the common traits that you see in successful partnership teams so whether you're looking at uh, your guys's team there at shipware or looking at you know some of the the great companies that that you your partners that you look up to what are some of those common mm -hmm. traits so I think first and foremost, before you do anything, if you're new to partnering or looking to start a partnering program at your company, you got to have executive buy-in. Um, without executive buy-in, you're not going to have alignment. You're going to be really going to this blind. And yeah, you might find some success in the short term, but it's not sustainable. And so having that executive buy-in is really going to help set the stage for the next piece, which that next piece is really then developing really your part the personas. Who are you looking after? What, what type of partners are you looking to, to build off of from there? And so then once you have those partner personas in there, you know the type of partners you want to connect with and build off of, um, then you keep moving down there and then you start looking at really developing that team. And so with our team, for example, here at Shipware, you know, we meet daily. Um, if we're not meeting daily, we're, we're for sure meeting weekly there. You got to have clear communication to collaborate, understand what's going on there, uh, build out direct communications and, and move forward from there from your internal plan there. 
from a, a trait from like a partner development to partner relationship, um, you know, it's really important to then really establish, you know, clear communication, clear communications. We usually do that through a strategic partner plans, SPPs. Um, and what that we find that does is really put guardrails and alignment to what the end goal looks like, um, really gives us direct and give us uh, something to, to strive for and keep us accountable as we move forward through the process. So if you don't have a plan in place, it's really not going to find success. If you don't have executive buying, you're not going to find success. And so those are a couple of the, the key traits there that you know you want to make sure you emphasize um, as you start your program out. Well, another thing that, that you guys are, are really good at and emphasizing with those key partners is like the 90-day plans and the mm-hmm. action plans and just defining what success looks like mutually, not only for you guys at Shipware, but also for your partners and kind of running those those sprints and those cadences, but have a mutual goal in mind that you're that you're running towards. I'd like for you to just kind of share a, a little bit about you know the the difference between the traditional approach to partnering of you know let's let's go get a bunch of partners, you know, let's hopefully they learn what we do. We learn what they do, but it's more of just kind of this relationship of, of hope and convenience, which we know never happens in partnerships, but just talk to us a little bit about setting it up where it's more overt of what you're trying to accomplish and even recruiting and contracting with partners on the front end with this mutual understanding of getting results for each partner. Yeah. So, you know, we, we really focus a lot more on planning upfront. I mean, we spend more of our time, I think, planning than sometimes we do actually executing on that plan just because there's so much work that goes into it. Um, when we meet with a partner, we want to know for sure going to that call, this is how it's going to look, you know, a year down the road, two years down the road. And then we, we strive for that. And so we build out the, those key um, cadence calls and really set, get structure around that. So setting up those goals, not saying that, you know, if you don't hit those goals, you're done, but really building out a system. So at Shipper, uh, this year we build out our tiered structure. So, you know, our top performing partners are tier ones all the way down to our non-managed partners. And that keeps them accountable because if you drop based off of, you know, what we agreed upon, you go down to the, go down to the next tier. So um, we really build that out. It really comes from actually the methodology that we have learned through Partneronomics, um, which really helps us keep us in line with what we're looking to accomplish, which really is a, a key trait that I actually forgot about to include in that because, it really is is the baseline for all this stuff right here. So um, it's really a combination of a lot of different things that we look at there. But um, the the big goal is just really having clear communication with your partners and keep them accountable for the expectations and having those kids calls to then you know drive things forward with your partner um, partner reviews. Awesome. Let me hit you with uh, the next question. That is, you know, we talked about the logistics industry and and how it's changed a little bit, but from a partnership perspective. Um, how do, how do you see partnerships continuing to influence and, and change and evolve uh, the logistics and e-commerce space? Yeah, I mean, it's logistics can be a grind. You know, uh, when you're talking to a logistics manager, they're getting blown up every single day by two, three hundred phone calls a day trying to ask for loads, trying to ask for a new shipment, things of that nature. And so to try to go through a cold call or email it just can be completely blind there. And so we know that to really expand on that, you really need to develop those partnerships because people want to work with people that they trust. And if they're going to 
work with that company where your partner, for example, they're going to trust you. And then they're going to trust that, that you'll be able to facilitate their needs there. So that's where just the direction of not just the logistics and e-commerce industry is going, but just, you know, direct sales is going in general, you know, it's just hard to do much there. Um, but in addition to that, you know, we find that it's such a tight-knit market you know, um, on logistics and e-commerce industry. Everything just connects with each other. You know, if you if you need a carrier here, you need also a LTL provider. If you have an LTL provider, you might need a container that comes in to bring, bring in those products and things of that nature. Um, and so if you have everything connected, you need someone that can fill in those gaps in each hole there. So as I mentioned before, we focus on parcel fulfillment. So we need something that's going to fill in those other gaps that's going to be part of the industry because if we're looking at reducing spend on the parcel, they're also going to be looking at other areas of the business, whether, whether it's the post-purchase experience or whether it's just improving other cost structures, cost structures within their uh, logistics uh, arm. Yeah. But I was reading an article several months ago and it said, you know, regardless of, of what type of a business you're in, your biggest competitor is Amazon. And I kind of scratched my head, like, you know, what does that mean? I went on to read and it said that Amazon is, you know, just because they're so focused on the customer and giving them information, giving them choice, giving them, you know, free returns. I mean, just great customer experience that that's really, you know, they're, they're trying to set the gold standard of what customers should expect from the companies that they work with, you know, regardless of, of what industry we're in. And I would imagine, like, especially now that, you know, like I said, my wife and I, we, we tend to get Amazon packages at least one a day, right? And, uh, and they make it very convenient, right? Through the app to buy, to figure out where the, the shipment is, when it's going to be here. I can return it if I'm not happy. Um, so it seems like there's there's even more opportunities, I would imagine, to work with even services and information providers uh, that are coming into the shipping space just to give customers a great end-to-end -end experience with that. Yeah, you know, every um, sales call, when I was a cat executive here at Shipware, every sales call, one of the things we talk about with the industry is the Amazon effect. Um, everyone wants it today and they want it super cheap. Um, and they also want visibility like you're mentioning there. And so the challenge though with that is if you're going to partner with Amazon to offer that, then you're also going to, to give away a lot of margin. Um, and margins are pretty thin on the e-commerce side or can be thin depending on how, how it looks there. And so what's really nice about some of the, the programs out there is there's so many different companies that offer different components of what Amazon can do. And so if we're able to couple that together, you can essentially can offer an Amazon solution, bring in four to five different partners there, which is really what we've kind of been doing here um, through our, our affiliate partner network. Um, you know, it just makes it really easy to, to then pick and choose and then find those holes and gaps that, hey, they need this. They need um, they need something that is a chat box so they can you know inform them when their product is going to be delivered and have an exact timestamp on it. It really just helps that that service component there. And so that's one area that uh, just just partnering is more important than ever in the logistics and e-commerce industries because they want to replicate Amazon and they can't do it without going through other areas. Exactly, man. So that's the thing that popped into my head. Right? We talk about this being the decade of ecosystems. Well, man, that's a great example of, of how people in the shipping logistics space can team up, work together, build partnerships, and kind of create their own ecosystem that can 
manage, uh, you know, clients needs from end to end, but do it mm -hmm. in a, in a, in a nice seamless manner. So that's, uh, an awesome. And, and a great example of that too, is, uh, a transportation management system, which allows you to rate shop as a shipper, you know, what's really nice about that is like, like an easy post or a ship station, they partner with 10, 20, 30 different carriers. So they can offer a shipper that full experience of having access to almost the Amazon rates and be, having to shop uh, those different rate structures. And so we're seeing that all of the time, whether it's hey, we just want to make a, a direct uh, a partner relationship just to you know share leads back and forth or dive deeper into some sort of integration there, which is kind of what these TMS uh, transportation management systems do is offer that, that guidance to shippers. And so uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that partnering is happening um, when they're using some of these programs, but it can't happen without partnering there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last question for you, buddy, before we let you go. And that is, uh, what resources are needed or are helpful uh, to be effective in partnering? Man, there's I mean, it's been said there's over a hundred moving pieces, over a hundred components to a, a really mature partnering organization. What are some of the resources out there that that you would recommend for people to to use or leverage? I mean, not to plug you too fast, but Partnernomics is a pretty quick one. There, we'll take it, man. We'll take it. Um, you know, we, uh, my colleague and I, when we started the journey in partnerships, uh, we, we went through the, the partnernomics foundation and, um, man, with, with, without that as a resource, we would not be in the place we are right now. We're seeing, you know, tremendous growth, uh, compared to last year revenue, our pipelines full. It just, it's a different direction than if you looked at our team last at the same time. Um, and it's due to the resources that partnernomics did provide there. Um, but along with that, really just establishing a methodology is really what it comes down to, whether it's partnernomics or not, you need that methodology, you need that science, you need something that's going to give you direction there. Um, but in relation to that too, you really want to get that coaching there as well. Um, partnering is, is, is a challenging area at times because um, it really, it, it falls into a number of different teams, number of different buckets. So on our team, we're touching, you know, revenue operations tech at times. Um, and at that time you also clear, sometimes have no clear direction. So identifying a coach, identifying um, an advisor that you can trust to help, you know, ping ideas off of get direction off of is, is vital to success there. Um, but then along with that, there are so many different resources out there, whether it's, you know, developing a partner portal, um, you know, cross beam and reveal things of that nature that can help just, once you have the partnership team developed, once you have that that program going, really helping elevate your partnership to the next level and automate some of those processes there so you can spend time growing and cultivating those partnerships that you really want to focus your time on and really seeing the 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 rewards and the benefits of that to your your organization. Yeah, love that man. It's it's cool to see new uh, technology even coming in to kind of help support this. I mean, we say it's people process technology, right? So just getting the right people in the right seats that are really motivated to to do partnering and they have the skill set, then equipping them with the methodologies, the tools, the structured process to do that. And then, you know, definitely start to enable the technology to to make it all happen as efficiently as possible. Like you mentioned, man, there's there's so many different tentacles. There's almost no area of the business that we don't touch. And that's yeah talking inside of your company now partnerships i mean it's it's based on working externally with other organizations so it's 
infinite, infinitely more complex, but I think that's one of the things that draws people like us uh, into partnerships. You know, it's so exciting. There's, I mean, no, no two days ever the same. <laughs> so. Amen to that. You know, it's uh, sometimes you have to hold on. Uh, it's a roller coaster of emotion. You know, you get really excited about certain things, you get those high highs and those low lows, very similar to what you may be experiencing in sales. But the difference is, is that it's just always evolving. You know, it's not like when you're in a sales uh, motion that, you know, once it's closed or once it's closed, lost, that it's just done, you know, a partnership, you know, you, one initiative might not work out the way you want to, but then you could review it, analyze it, adjust, pivot a little bit, and then find a different path that you might find more success there. And we've, I mean, we've seen it time and time again, you know, we, we try to launch a program at the beginning of this year that was complete bust. And, um, it really drove me nuts. It was one of my lowest points in this role, but then turn around a month later and we, we have another initiative that was launching out that we had completely different success with that. And it's because we are able to then pivot, identify where, what went wrong, make those adjustments, work with the partner to then establish and realign on those goals and then implement those goals. And now we're finding that success now come to light because we were able to pivot like that. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Andrew, thanks for carving out some time to chat with us today, man. I sure do appreciate that. And it's, uh, I really enjoy working with Shipware. You guys are an awesome organization doing some great things. Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Partnernomics Show. Don't forget to subscribe to get the newest episodes at thepartnernomicsshow.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, Iolite. To learn more about Iolite, visit iolitepro.com. And Partnernomics, the science of partnering. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics courses, coaching programs, and consulting services, visit Partnernomics.com. See you on the next episode.